All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening to each and every one of you out there. You are here with me, Jermaine Jackson, for another celebration of excellence, by the way, of the New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. Don't forget that as you are under the sound of my voice, you can follow the New Beginnings podcast on my YouTube page. It's under the New Beginnings podcast. Also, you can follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also go to my Facebook page, Jermaine Jackson, where the episodes are also premiering for the New Beginnings podcast. Please don't forget, it's one podcast consisting of three shows. So there's something for each and every one of you on the New Beginnings podcast. But on today, on this episode of the Celebration of Excellence, my special guest is Michelle Riggins. I'm thankful that she took the time to be a part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Through the power of networking, um, we are fellow alums um, from the Mighty Rich East High School. And someone suggested that she would be an excellent guest on my podcast. So I reached out and she has done me the gracious favor of appearing on the podcast. <laughs> Michelle, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself to the people. Thank you, Jermaine. Thank you for sharing your platform. My name is Michelle Riggins. I am the fourth oldest of 10 children, seven boys, three girls. I am a PK child. I am the mother of a dope son and daughter. My daughter is 12. My son is three and a bonus brilliant son of my children's father. Um, I've watched him grow up from infancy to a young man and he is a great big brother, a great example of a big brother outside of being a mother, which is my important, very important role. Um, I strive to expand the kingdom. Professionally, I'm a nurse practitioner, been in the healthcare field for over for over 22 years. I've been in, in the nursing um, profession for over 15 years. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Michelle, for just giving us a small introduction into who you are. And as we continue to go through this interview, we're just going to talk about you and we're going to celebrate you and um, your life. Now, one thing you stated as you were presenting yourself to everyone is that you are a PK kid. Um, I always find it fascinating for those of us that, you know, grew up in church, PK kids and all that stuff, you know, to see where we are in life. Uh, sometimes life is a little different from us with uh, some of the things that our parents raise us. Um, I've been blessed that I know your parents, um, especially your father. He was a close friend to my former pastor. Um, every conversation I've ever had with your father has always been enlightening. He's very encouraging. One of the happiest people I've ever seen. I can say I've never seen your dad frown about nothing at all. Um, every time I say I just literally about two weeks ago, I just seen him in a grocery store and it did my heart uh, good. Uh, my former pastor, uh, Charles P. Nelson, spoke very highly of your father. I know he served under Pastor L.T. Hutton for years at Holy Ghost Living Center. So, you know, just kind of going through the history so I have a lot of respect for him um, and your mother. Um, I've been to their ministry before. They've come to our ministry. Your dad has spoken. So I have so much re- respect for him. So, so growing up as a PK kid and just knowing your parents, you're the fourth of 10 children. I just want to know about the impact that your parents, because um, from what I see and know, I think you turned out to be a, a wonderful, outstanding young woman. And I mean, young, we're not old by any means, no matter how many years it was since we graduated (laughs) high school. Absolutely. But and I believe that the way that your parents raised the way the things that they have instilled in you, just can you just give us a little bit about the impact that they have had on your life? Uh, I am so grateful to have been born um, in that family. Uh, As a kid, I hated it. Uh, We had some stuff that 
that I don't agree with now. Um, but this is the, that was a culture, and that that was how we were raised, and you know that was the things that we had to deal with. But looking back as an an adult um, and as a parent, I would not change a thing. A lot of the values and morals that were instilled in me as a kid, I instill in my children, and my parents actually helped and still a lot of the morals and values with my children with the rigorous work schedule, they're instilling the things that have kept me and were my foundation. They're instilling it in my children. So I am, I am forever grateful for being born into that family because I've seen the opposite side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, a good foundation that is very important as we can see with like, the news and everything that's going on today, like these children don't have good upbringing sometimes. That's a lot of the problems parents are expecting the, the society and school to raise their children and not instilling the values that they need to actually survive in the world. And that can stop a lot of the problems that we see today. So I'm, so, I'm forever grateful for the parents that I was blessed with. Thank you. And thank you for that. I think it's very impactful what you said that, you know, when we're growing up in that lifestyle and circumstance of time as children, we cannot uh, truly appreciate it at that time. You know, as I tell my children, a lot of things that I'm teaching and raising, you you don't appreciate it now. You don't like it. You can't stand it. There's going to come a day you're going to look back and you're going to have children of your own and you're going to be grateful for the way that I uh, raised you and the things that I taught you. Like I said, because I was in your place at one point. And now at this age, I look back and I said, I'm so grateful for my mother, the, the value she instilled in me through the word of God, through church, the conversation she had, uh, especially, you know, my mother has been going for 11 years now. And I say, I wouldn't be the man I am without her, with everything she instilled in me, uh, whether I wanted to hear it or not, whether I wanted to do it or not. Mm-hmm. I find myself living that way and still in those same vibe, raising my children the um the same way. So I think that's very powerful that, you know, and then to have your parents as the grandparents to yet pass that on to the next generation is um very powerful, which I always tell my kids, that's kind of the the one thing that's like that I look at and say, man, if my parents were here, what they could have mm-hmm. taught my kids because they were very little when my mom passed, but I wish that she would have been here, but grateful that I have other people in their lives that are, agree with the same values that I have to raise them in that part. And our children need that. And I totally agree with you. That will fix a lot of issues in the world. (laughs) If we have the, it starts at home and people don't understand the value of having those those generational grandparents, great great people teach them and everybody's on the same thing. You you don't send them to grandma or grandpa house and they put in something totally different in them opposed to what you're teaching them. And everybody is kind of on the same plane. That's only benefiting the child. So thank you for those statements about you know about how good that was when you look back at it now you know like they trained us up in a way that we should go so that when we got old i say we're not old we wouldn't <laughs> depart from <laughs> it <laughs> <Let's be clear. laughs> so all right so and with that as we as we talk about that thank you for talking about your parents and their impact one of the fascinating things that i found out about you is that you graduated high school early which is something that i didn't know i know we both graduated in um well 2000 but you graduated early and when i think back to all those years ago in high school 
maybe you i didn't notice some of the people that left out of there early um i had the opportunity to leave early but i stayed for the second semester because mm-hmm. i just <laughs> wasn't ready to leave yet <laughs> in my <laughs> at that time um but how what prompted you to graduate from high school early and say yeah, I'm, I'm done i'm ready for my next stage of life first i want to say that um being an adult sometimes can be ghetto but um <laughs> You know, when you're younger, you want to grow up really fast and adulting is not all what it's cracked up to be. But um, on a serious note, my older sister, she graduated a semester early. And at that point, I was just like tired of uh, getting up, going to high school. And I was ready like to, to progress into something different. And that is really what essentially made the decision for me um, was following behind my older sister's footsteps. So did you get out a semester early? It wasn't like a, it was like just a semester. It was early, just correct? a semester early. So I got out a, uh, a semester early. I hadn't got accepted into any colleges at that time. So my sister, she joined the army. So she was like, well, you can't be just sitting around here not doing anything. So let me take you down to the recruit army recruiting station. And I was the person that said, I always said, I'm not joining the army. I'm never doing that. But here I was. Three weeks after I went down to the Army recruiting station, they took me to take the ASVAB, and three weeks later, I was shipped off to basic training. So that semester that I was initially supposed to be off, I was in basic training in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Time out, time, time out. Wait a minute. All right, wait, time out. So you don't, you graduate early. Like you said, you got tired of getting up. I understand. Mm-hmm. I, my kids complain about getting up all the time. And in your mind, you wouldn't accept it in the colleges, nothing like that yet. But your sister's in the army, takes you down there. Three weeks later, you're in basic training. I was. And that was not your plan. How did you stick with it? Like, if that was me at that time, around that time, I I, I think I made 18, ain't no way. I would have quit. I'm like, I'm not doing this. I would have passed. I couldn't. Like you said, it should have been a semester off. You ain't got to get up early. Maybe you could have got you a little job or something. How did you stick with it at that age, at that time? Um, Now, if you're saying you were mature enough to handle it, because I know me at that time, I wasn't mature enough. I was mature, but not to handle being in no basic training. Somebody running me around, giving me orders. And it takes a certain level of discipline and maturity, I believe, to be in any type of military training. How is it that you were able to handle that? just three weeks after literally saying I'm done with high school? So I would say that I have been very mature for most of my, I would say I was a very mature uh, person being that I'm like the oldest of four uh, of the fourth oldest of like 10 children. So I had six brothers under me um, and my older siblings, like my sister that's older than me, she's five years ahead of me. So Essentially, I was the oldest at home at that time. So Mm -hmm. I always had to be responsible. So the maturity level, I feel like, was there. Um, And I mean, we grew up in Chicago Heights in the hood. Um, So it's either (laughs) do something of yourself, be a bum like some examples that you've seen in a community, or make something out of yourself. So my parents were not having the latter. 
you're not going to be a bum. You're going to do something. Um, that's one thing my parents instilled in us. Like, no, you're going to go to school. You're going to go to college. You're going to make something out yourself. If you're going to go to the military or you're going to go to college and make something out yourself. Mm-hmm. So there I was at the recruiting station, um, enlisted. And that was one of the best decisions I could have had made. Like those wow. I have, those are my closest friends that I have. My best friend is the guy. Her, her and her husband are the godparents of my children. Um, I went to war with these people. We still communicate with one another. There's a bond that sometimes is be- it's closer than blood relatives. So that was the best decision I could have made. At that time, three weeks before, I, I do believe in divine time. And I was, I was second guessing, like, God, I, I don't want to do this. Like, I was scared. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to go to war. I don't want to die. Um, and I remember... I went to church, like, it was maybe a week before I was supposed to uh, be shipped off. I don't even remember this lady's name, but I was going to the bathroom and she stopped me. And she pretty much, um, to paraphrase what she said, is um, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do. And that just was confirmation that, like, um, this is what God wanted me to do at that time. And that was a be- one of the best decisions I could have made. It has benefited my life, has benefited my children's life, and I wouldn't change a thing. So how many years were you in the military? Uh, ten years. Ten so, years. Yeah. Then I'm so interested in the military because I know that wasn't a choice for me. I had to go to school. I wasn't built. Not saying I couldn't have done it. I just know that I, my thing was always if a war break out. I ain't trying to be putting nobody box. They send a note home to my mom and your baby ain't make it. That was my thing. So I was like, it was either college or military or work. I chose uh, school, but you're here, you know, still here with us. Even in the midst, you look back 10 years ago, it was stuff going on in the world. But what I hear a lot of people say about the benefits of the military, even the benefits for when you get out of it. And I know some people that went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to do four years here and there, and then they end up doing 20, 30 years in, in the military. And I think a lot of times we don't talk enough about the military because people always are talking about, oh, it's going to be a war to break out. You're going to have to fight. You have to do this. But they don't talk about the other side of it, the educational benefits, the financial benefits, um, the care that they give you even when you're outside of the military. If you could just give us a picture into that for those that may have children that are at that point where they're trying to decide, is it going to be work? Is it going to be college? Is it going to be military? And because you just spoke that is the benefits it has provided for you and, and your children. How has the military been so, um, you know, put, given so much potential and effectiveness in your life? Um, so we think about war, um, but the military is just like another institution. Like it's a business. Like you go to you go to college to work in the corporate world. People join the military and become lifelong. Um, they make it a lifelong career. Um, they offer free health care, free shelter. You don't worry, have to worry about where you are going to eat. They provide money for your clothing. Um, it's so many benefits. They pay for college. Um, after, if you don't utilize the benefits for college, you can inherit that, those benefits to your children. You're guaranteed um, home loan because you're a veteran. There are a lot of benefits with being a, having veteran status. You get discounts. You get discounts on travel, free travel, uh, free airline tickets, or a very, very discounted rate. Um, great 
discounts on life insurance, health insurance. Mm. Um, it's so many benefits. Some of the things that I'm finding out that I didn't even know about. I, I was the, and one of the things that I was so afraid of a war happening after enlisted that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, the war happened and nine 11 initiated, um, Iraqi freedom and all the, the war that had been going on for like 20 plus years, we were the first rotation over there wow. in Iraq. So I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, and I mean, you, you go through a lot, it grows you up and you value life. You value life, you value your family, you value your purpose, you value why you were created. Like I was in multiple attacks. I was in an IED attack. I was coming home one time on leave um at the Baghdad airport and they were shooting mortars at our plane I seen the fire outside of my window while I was on the airline and I thought that I was gonna die like the only thing that I could see, say was Jesus bringing back that back to that foundation house raised mm -hmm. that like God will put it he will give his angels charge over you yes because before that like maybe a week or two before that it was other aircrafts that were shot down by those mortars. But God gave the pilot the, the know-how to, and the angels, I know it was angels around and around us um, because I come from a, from prayer warriors and nothing happened to us. Like, you know, you do have like some flashbacks, some type of mental problems, you know, some type of, you know, flashbacks that happen. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm still, I knew I, I know I was purposed and I was destined for a reason that's why god spared my life at that time so but in the end i would not change a thing like my best friends are i met in the military so and i'm just i'm i'm grateful that i made the decision to follow the, that plan that he had wonderful and I, and I thank you for just you know briefly sharing with us just some of the things that you even went through while uh, being in the military because we hear the kinds of people with ptsd um people that see things in the military in war and things like that uh they make movies about it shows and you i'm sure we all know somebody that is dealing with some type of post-traumatic stress from being um in the military and so that's very important that like you said you have the flashbacks you see things but you know is thanks be unto God for the stability of your mind, your emotions and things like that. Cause some people go through that type of stuff and they don't recover or it sends them down a different type of road in life because of what they've experienced. So thank you for just sharing that, that the little tidbit um, with us and the viewers and those that are listening. Cause that's um, very important for something to know that cause some people would even use that. Oh, don't go into the military. Cause you might see things that can mess your mind up. But there's always another side of a story. I always tell people there's always an exception to what we conceive, what we think about, that there's somebody who survived, that there's somebody who overcame it, that may have went through the same thing, same trauma, but they came out of it all right. And we need to let people know that that we can't always shine the negative light on things. We That's one of my uh, goals of this podcast when I bring people along. I want to bring the positive light to many things and a positive outcome to a lot of things. So let's get it ready. We know the world is full of negativity. It's, it's full of putting things down. And I, I definitely don't want to glorify that. I want to glorify things that are positive, things that are uplifting um, to each and every one. All right. So you do the 10 years in the military. And mm -hmm. as I see nurse practitioner, at what point 
did you make the decision to become a nurse practitioner? Because I know uh, my mom was a nurse. I know that is not an easy thing to do. Uh, I know uh, people now that are going to school for nursing and they want to tear their hair out. <laughs> the stress that they go through. I know that ex that state board exam ain't no joke. Uh, I've seen my niece go through it. I know some other young people. It's a young lady in my church that's going through it. Um, I know another young lady who's in her last year of it. And I know that profession is is no joke. And just to get to that point to finish it, the, the schooling, what prompted you to go into that such a challenging and difficult field? Um, so when I was deployed, I seen some things that I felt like I wanted to be of service to once I got home. Because initially, before the war had started, before I was deployed, I was going to go away to college. I had did uh, the community college while I was um, drilling with the reserve. And I was going to do... Um, ROTC when I transferred to Western and I, my major was computer science. Mm -hmm. Totally shifted after I deployed. Um, and just to mention, like my aunt always called me her nurse. Like my aunt was an evangelist. So I used to follow her around in revivals and she would say, she would always call me her nurse. And I didn't even realize that until I graduated nursing school. Like, man, my auntie Marla used to call me her nurse all the time. Um, but seeing what I've seen over in the deployment is what shifted my major into that profession. And I would like to say nursing is traumatic. Nursing school is traumatic. <laughs> Going through that, you have to eat, sleep, and breathe nursing. And because it's, it is a, a serious profession. Like now, these I see some new age nurses. Um, they don't have the passion. They feel like it's the, that nurses make a lot of money, which is not true. Not, mm. not for not not for the things that we deal with. We we don't make enough money for the things that we deal with. Um. So I want to say it was like a calling that it's a it's a service and it's a ministry. Um, and that's how I I got into that profession. And yeah, it's very challenging. It it's very it can be very hard on your body and your family. Because you're going in, you're servicing others, and you're bringing home, you're taking in those emotions and those burdens that those patients that you're taking care of are dealing with. And then you're bringing it home to your family. So sometimes mm -hmm. if there isn't a balance, you sacrifice so much in that that profession. But it's very gratifying also. Um, I was in that, the nursing role for eight years, and then I got my master's um, to become a provider. So now I'm able to manage patients. And that's gratifying also where I see them when they come in and then, and they're very sick. And then I see the opposite side of the spectrum when like the management, the care that I'm ordering, I see it on the opposite side where they are doing well. It's like they're totally different people. So mm -hmm. that is very gratifying as well. And I feel like my life has just been service, service. I, I've seen it in my, with my parents, being community parents, like, like as I stated earlier, some patient, some some kids didn't have their parents, right. so they would seek solitude in my parents' house. It was like they felt peace. They were come over there. And my mom never, she never knew a, my mom and dad never knew a stranger. They never turned anybody away. Anybody could come and eat at their house if they didn't have a place to go for the holidays. They could come to our house. Wow. So our life was. I, that's all I seen as I grew up. So I don't know 
any other way but to be of service to others. That is our life. That's what I've seen. That I, that's what we were called to. Well, wonderful. I, I, and I thank you for your service, not only in the military, but also as, as a nurse uh, practitioner. And before we switch to the next, I want to stay there just a little bit long. So I have this uh, question. My, my wife is a medical assistant, works at a doctor's okay. office. Uh, you know, we hear about the doctor, nurse practitioners. But one thing I've noticed, I was uh, in the hospital a few months ago, was getting something checked out. And I went to the back. You know, they take your blood, blood pressure and all that stuff. And I'm noticing a shift because you said you said some nurses now aren't as passionate. I'm used to when I grew up, you see nurses and I, I'm not trying to put a label on a, but they in a maybe 40s, 50s, bit older, more mature, more experienced. That passion is there. That sincerity is there to serve. But when I went to the back, I didn't see that older group of people. It was people my age, 40, 30, 20, just a whole younger group. And I've never seen that many young people as nurses, uh, physicians, assistants, um, seeing more male nurses and ones drawing the blood. So I'm seeing a, a, a kind of a, I don't know if it's a culture shift, an age shift, to where it, it's a little bit, a younger group of nurses and healthcare professionals are now coming. So when you say that you don't see that passion, do you think people are just focused on the money? Is it something with the age? Because we know if you look at, 15, 20 years, there are some maturity issues between, I would say, our generation, the generations that's coming up. What do you think it is? When it comes to healthcare and you're taking care of people, I think you have to be passionate. You have to have a heart to serve because these people are coming in looking to you for support and to help them. But if somebody's there all about the money or they're saying, I'm not taking it seriously, you can endanger the life of somebody else because you're there to provide a great service to someone and to assist them and help them. And I'm seeing like this shift and I'm not going to say they didn't care. I, I was taken care of when they took care of me. But when you said that, it just sparked my mind that it made me think. And I'm asking you if you yourself have seen that shift since you've been in the healthcare field. So it can be a wrap for me. I feel like it's a range of a lot of different things that has termed the healthcare profession. Um, I would like to say this, like the, we need to give our healthcare staff grace. Like when everybody else got a break, we were still humping and working endless mm -hmm. hours and sacrificing time for our family. Seeing um, it was very COVID, the pandemic was very traumatic for the healthcare profession. Absolutely. Seen a lot of death. Um, it's a lot of professional burnout um, from just being overworked and just seeing a lot of tragedy. But the, I, I would like to say that the newer, and I, it's not all bad because I feel like that we tolerated a lot of things in our profession, my generation and the newer mm. generation, they are not having that. <laughs> and I, I, I'm here for it all because nurses and, are like the backbone of the healthcare system. And they have been overworked and underpaid for a very long time. But since the pandemic, it actually showed nursing that they need us to survive. They're making millions and billions on our back and they don't regulate patient staff ratios. They're mm -hmm. paid, their pay is at the bottom of the totem pole. During the pandemic, that was like the first time that nurses were actually getting what some what what they are worth. 
Um, so I'm, I'm kind of grateful for the newer generation. I feel like a lot of them are not as trained as thoroughly because a lot of them had to be rushed through school. So they don't have that thorough training that I was afforded to when I graduated over 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of, a lot of nurses have left the profession because they are traumatized and they are burnt out. So it's just going to take a lot of time and teaching to let them know, you know, or eventually they'll just leave because you can't stay in a profession like this for a long time without having the heart to serve. You need the passion and the heart to serve. But I, I, I do like where I see the profession is going with the newer generation also because they're not staying at facilities that are mistreating them and are paying them what they're adequately worth. Like we pretty much see everything about the patient. We see them, we're with them 24 seven. So when the nurses call the provider to let them know like a change in condition, the nurses are the doctor's eyes and ears. So depending on what that nurse is expressing to the physician, it can, it can be the, to the detriment of the patient mm -hmm. or it can save the patient's life. So it will be a hoof the higher ups to listen to the nurse and treat them well. And I'm in agreement with you. Um, if we had more time, I would ask you. So I have so many healthcare questions because you're a nurse practitioner. <laughs> Our doctors more valued Trust over me, the nurse I practitioner. The time. I get it all the time. <laughs> I be want to tell people like, quit calling me because you know how much um, this information costs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, start charging for your services. It, it's so, like I said, I, I love talking to my wife. She's a medical assistant, and just the things I hear and the stories. And my mom, she was an RN, just and actually had the opportunity. She worked in a nursing home. Uh, I worked in dietary when I was a teenager, and I've uh, I was blessed for two and a half years to work for the state of Illinois at the uh, mental health facility Shapiro and Ludeman. So seeing even that side of healthcare, but to see what the nurses had to go through. I was on their side, like you all deal with a lot and they you were, do. they were not appreciated um, for their work and their service and their time and all that they dealt with, the way they were treated. I, my heart used to go out to them, like for all that y'all went through in school, just to gain the knowledge and understanding to come and serve people and to be treated like this in, in that capacity where I was at, I was like, it's not fair. And I saw many of them leaving it going on there was a, a serious shortage because they just was like i'm not gonna put up with this not yeah. for what y'all paying me i used to always hear that for what y'all paying me i ain't gonna i do this because i love to do it i love yeah. to serve and help others it ain't about the money but i ain't gonna put up with all the extra it ain't worth it i can go somewhere else and not have the level of stress and make the same amount of money yeah. so i definitely whenever i get people that are nurses i, I love to hear what they have to say because um yes like you said you have to have a heart to serve uh, to do that position because i'm also i agree with you when i worked for those two and a half years for the state i saw nurses that were not appreciated on a on the on the level that they should have been for the amount of work that they were doing so mm -hmm. once again thank you um for sharing and i wish we could stay right there because like i said i had a lot of questions but <laughs> <laughs> we, we got to move on so if you talk about your service and the heart to serve um a mother two children just tell me what it means to you to be a mother, because I understand the impact that your mom, your dad had. Now you're in that position with your parent. I think you said you have one child that is 12, one that's three. 
Yes. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice look. Yeah. Bless your yeah, heart. That's a crazy gap. Yeah. <laughs> Bless. That was, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, that's a, for y'all parents that's that's doing that gap, man, I'll, I'll pray my youngest is going to be 18. He's going to be out of school. My oldest wow. girl is 19. Now, when I got remarried and got my, my nice big blended family, the, the youngest one out of all our kids is 14, but it's still a teenager. Yeah, that's true. Well, 12 and three. So I, mean, <laughs> I know you love it. So, so talk to me about <laughs> you as, as a mother and just a joy, because the way you serve people, I know you must be the favorite mama to your children. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, we know how these kids like feel about us sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't, sometimes they don't like when you tell them no. Um, mm hmm but for the most part, being a mother, I never knew how challenging it can be. I be telling my mom all the time, like, how do you do it 10 times? Like, <laughs> two of them, like their personalities. I I wouldn't, I could, I don't, I don't see myself doing that 10 times. Just um being patient, understanding the different personalities, becoming self more selfless. Yes. Um, just being available emotionally for them, that can be challenging, but that is, those are the, the best gifts that God could have gifted me with. I love being those two mother at times, you know, sometimes <laughs> it can be challenging, but I understand. For the most part, those are like the best things that could have happened to me. That that's a beautiful um, statement um, coming from a mother uh, and any parent. Um, as a father, I've come in these later years of my life to understand there is a bond that a mother has with her children. Uh, and I know we have dads. You hit a girl, dads, dads with their sons and all of that. And we we love our daughters, our sons. You know, um, even we have kids outside of our kids that are like our children. But I believe a mother has a bond with a child that a father can never understand because that child is growing inside of you. You're creating a relationship with that child before it ever comes out of your womb. Uh, that's something that a man cannot feel, uh, nor do I want to feel, nor do I want to have. <laughs> I don't want to push nothing out. I don't want nothing growing inside of me as far as a child. Uh, the kicking, the, the, the sickness, all that y'all go through. I want no parts of that. But even in the midst of all that, there's a relationship being created. And I've had to a younger version of me was not understanding and sympathetic enough toward a mother. Sometimes, you know, father, sometimes we can be kind of hard up on our kids and where a mother is, is nurturing, more loving, more understanding. And mama can set you straight too. let's not get it wrong. Mommy ain't nothing to play with. But the, the bond that you all have with your children, I've learned to appreciate and admire it more as, as a man, as a father. And um, a mother, sometimes no matter how much a child can do, uh, but no matter how much they get on your nerves and take you off, y'all love for them, you'll still be loving them. I know me as a dad, sometimes I'd be like, listen, I'm done. Well, they tripping. I ain't <laughs> tell them to get away. But mama still, no, we got to love them. Why? They acting. But mothers, you all are amazing. And um, the younger version of me couldn't appreciate that like I do now. I had to understand that a mother's love is something totally different that I don't think us as men, we can tap into. So um, 
I'm, it's a blessing that your children have you and that, like you said, they're the greatest thing that ever happened to you. And I believe as we've talked in this interview, a lot of great things happened to you in your life. But um, to bring those two here to life and to raise them, to give them those values that your parents gave you and to, like I said, it's always a blessing to have your parents still here with you to help you raise and nurture them. I just think that's a um, a beautiful thing. And uh, so thank you for sharing that as a mother. And, and one of the last things. <clears throat> And I see sometimes on your Facebook, I think when you turned 41, you had this little photo op, these pictures you took. Mm-hmm. Was that for age 41? Yes. All right. I'm 41, too. So, like I said, we're not old. We just, I'm, anybody born in the 80s, we look good for age. I, I just want to yes, put it out there. So, now, as you said, you've always been mature, but you got the old, you're the oldest one in the house. Um, when I look at your pictures, they're, they're not just about the beauty of them, the way you look. I see this confidence in you, this, I think I said a resurgence um, in you, not saying that you haven't always be confident and it could just be the pose you're doing for the pictures, great outfits, great photo session. But I I love to see a confident um, woman, especially an African-American woman, because this world sometimes can pay, put a negative light on us as a people, uh, African-Americans, people in general, especially women in general. Mm-hmm. sometime just a, a negative light and there's just this little bit of your life that you shared with us a uh army veteran graduated high school early mother raising a uh, two tree two children nurse practitioner i look at you as a very strong confident uh black woman that is handling her business taking care of things taking care of her kids um, like you said, even as a teenager, I, at one point i was the oldest in the house so i was literally assisting with raising my brother's and you know, helping out my parents, that speaks to you a lot. So I just want to ask you, you as a as a purpose, as a person, because I, I believe that I that's what I was looking at. It's a very confident woman, a woman that's been through some things, but has overcame them. That some stuff you have experienced in life that maybe could have took you out, that maybe could have caused you to go another way. You didn't use that as an excuse to fail, to fall off, to not do. You I you like a woman that just overcame things that. Some people would use this. That's the reason why I'm in this situation. That's the reason why I didn't do this. My kids don't have it because this happened to me, that happened to me. But I feel like you're a woman that didn't allow yourself to um, succumb to the excuse. But you said, no, I'm going to overcome this. Been through some things, experienced some stuff, but I can overcome it because I have to be this. If, even if not just for yourself, for my kids, I have to do that. They, they motivate to do better. So hopefully I'm hitting on it right. If you could just speak to that confidence that i've seen and speak to you as the woman and your level of confidence in who you are just as a person so when you know who you belong to and who fights for you i feel like that is where that comes from but as like as i I had great parents my mom was not allowing that like that's life she would always tell us you're gonna go through a lot more other things than that Mm -hmm. you can't lay down and that you got to keep going you have to keep going. The devil cannot hit a moving target. So Ooh, that's good. this happened to me. That doesn't define who I am or what God thinks of me because I'm, I was made in his image. He, he thinks that I'm like him and I'm perfect. And when you know who you are from the father's perspective, then can't nobody tell me that I don't care what you think of me. That's your problem. That's your perspective of me. That's not how I feel about myself. So um, having a good upbringing and 
my strong belief and faith in the father and the path that he has for me is, I feel like that's where the confidence come from. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for that, for letting us know where your, your confidence is. And I think that's very important for those that are listening, that when you know who you belong to, um, whose child you are, not only naturally, but also spiritually, when God is just ahead of your life, it's another level of confidence. And so Michelle, I want to thank you just for taking the small amount of time to share your life with us. Like I said, I wish I had more time because I got so many more things to ask you, but I don't want to take up all <laughs> your day. Um, is there anything else that you would just like to share with the people, those that are listening, just any words of wisdom, just anything? Keep God first in everything you do. You can never go wrong with when he's in every area of your life and not just when you in trouble. Mm. You better watch out, man. You helping the people. That's good. That's really good. I like that. So I want to thank you for those words of wisdom. Remember, everybody that's listening, it's a New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. Remember, go to that YouTube page. I need y'all to follow, like, subscribe. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Podcasts. Always appreciate the support. I appreciate all, all of my guests. Michelle, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you, um, and uh, hey, continue to check out the New Beginners podcast. This is the content that I'm putting out. Hope that you all were blessed by this episode of the Celebration of Excellence. And of course, if you know anybody that should be at a podcast, connect with me. Let me know. I love to have guests on that are spreading positivity, words that are uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring others. This is what the New Beginners podcast is all about. Because you can have a new start, a new beginning on life. Thank you. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. All right. Take care.